0: Welcome to another impactful message from Cornerstone Church, where we truly believe there is one hope for every heart, Jesus Christ. If you'd like to check out more resources or view video of this sermon, visit us online at cornerstonerome.com.
1: Anyway, if you have your Bibles, uh, we're going to talk today, if you've been in your experience in God's study, um, we're getting close to wrapping this up. At the end of this month, we'll finish up with this and your Bible study. I know many of you have had a great um, great time with it. You've been learning a lot of things, great times with the Lord, and that's wonderful. Um, our prayer is that you'll continue on with that and take some time. If you need to, go through it again Like and spend the time just to reading through it again. I'm probably going to do that this summer because... Um, I just think it's it's so much in there that's good to kind of revisit and maybe don't revisit every week But some good things there that you can look over But today we're going to be talking about kingdom people So if you um, if you want to open your 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 bibles click on your phone, whatever We'll take a lot of different readings from different places But first john we'll spend a good bit of time uh, There with some various verses. So if you want to click there look there, uh, that'll be fun And we'll start there in a second. So the idea from kingdom people that Um, that Experiencing God talks about with being a kingdom person or being a kingdom-minded person is someone who is understanding their position, their role in Christianity as a follower of Christ. And uh, the term Christianity today is a bit vague, I think. I don't know if you would agree with me on that, but it seems like everybody says they're a Christian now. You know, if they... When it serves them, how about that? Right? If it's... careful how i say this because i know people get mad if i say this but i don't i don't don't really care if you get mad at me as much as i don't want you to be offended and don't hear what else i say for the rest of the day okay but you know when people only say i'm a christian to get elected it's just because they say they're a christian i saw my daughter the day we were just driving down the road we had we went to a uh out of the state and uh, to a funeral yesterday with a close friend of ours that that passed away at a very young age and so we had lots of drive time and um so as we're driving she's asked me different questions about different things you know a good time to when you're driving great time to have a conversation it, when you know i'm not much of a talker believe it or not if we're driving the road i'm not a whole lot of talking going on neither is she uh we're both earphone kind of people and so you know for the first four hours there's not a word between the two of us it's just Which is, honestly, it's fine on me. I recharge sometimes like that. And so does she. So, But then later, you know, there's conversation, right? You get some coffee and things like that. And she's asking me different questions about Christianity and, you know, and this idea that, well, we don't want to judge people because, but it's not judging. Very clear about Scripture. You will know them by their what? Not by what they say. Not by what they post. Not by what they talk about. I'm telling you right now, if you want to know if they're a believer or not, then look at the fruit examine it like when I go to my apple trees my peach trees right now I got some peaches coming out man taking care of them bad boys because that frost that we had that freezing weather whatever knocked out like I think half of them but I got some coming out so I'm very caught I'm very trying to be gentle around them you know and those kind of things but I don't look at the peach tree and wonder what it is I planted it I know what it is but when they're growing it's peaches it's not gummy bears It's a peach tree. All right. Didn't think that was silly enough. Okay. So it's not an apple on a peach tree. It's a peach. I'm very clear about what it is. And I'm just saying, it's not judging by evaluating. We have the wrong idea about judgment. We think that, well, don't you judge me. That's so popular. Don't you judge me. Well, I ain't nobody judging your salvation, darling. But I'm just telling you, if you're going to call yourself a Christian, at least there ought to be some boxes checked off. I mean, am I wrong? I, there should be some boxes checked off. And I'm not talking about people trying to walk and get closer to God and trying to uh, get uh uh grow in their walk. That's not what I'm talking about. There is grace. Absolutely. But grace is not an excuse. <laughs> well, I'm under grace. No, you're just lazy. Let's just be honest what it is, right? But don't you judge me. Okay, well, you're one of those. Okay, I know where I stand now. Let's just let you do what you want to do then. So... My point in telling my daughter that is, honey, if you really want to know, be careful of celebrity come along Christians who all of a sudden say, whoa I'm following Jesus now." Well, let's just give it time, and let's just see where you stand in six months. There's nothing wrong with that. That's not judging them. Well, how'd hear you say that? Well, I just did. I'll say it again. Give them a year. I'm just telling you, there ought to be some things that last. If if they can't hang in there for six months, then I'd be careful what I posted and what I followed and who I submitted to and who I said, oh, look at them. There was a celebrity that came out, and they said there was a believer, and I told her, I said, give it time. Let's just see. Because if it's the true fruit, I'm not talking about making mistakes. I'm saying true fruit remains. You may fall short. Man, the righteous fall seven times, but the Lord will get them back up again. I mean, I'm not talking about you made mistakes. I'm not talking about that. I'm saying true walk. It it shows up. It's evident over a period of time. Not perfection. But be careful who you put your trust in. You put your faith in Christ, not in celebrities. So anyway, in his kingdom, though, uh, we fall under his rule and not our rule. So as a Christian... I say that loosely now because that term gets, there's a, I mean, there's such a wide variety now that a Christian is, it seems like. So let's call it a Christ follower, a follower of Jesus Christ, a disciple of Jesus Christ. There's a little more teeth than that, you know. If you're going to be a part of his kingdom, a kingdom person, we don't have options in this. We submit to the lordship of his kingdom. And we don't understand that in our country because we're not a kingdom We're really, we're a republic, but they all call us a democracy. Technically, we are a republic, but nonetheless, we have a democratic process in many cases, and we all vote on a bunch of stuff, so therefore, we think we're in charge. And we're not. We think we are, but we're not in charge, for all authority comes from God. And he'll raise up kings, and he'll put some down, man. Your favorite might get... But then got brought down, I, hey, just because they're your favorite doesn't mean they're your, your, your person in God's choice. Well, I can't believe you'd say that. Well, I might say more if we're so with. I drove for 12 hours, man. I'm a little tired. You know, tell what I might say today. Our submission comes under lordship. If you go to another country that, where they're based on kingdom principles, they understand lordship much better than we do. We don't understand lordship as well because we, we understand in our culture we vote what we don't like. We get somebody else in. And so therefore we think we get to choose. And I'm just telling you, in his kingdom, we don't have a choice. We are sons and daughters of the Most High. You've been bought with a price, my brother and sister. Amen. The precious blood of Jesus Christ. And you are not your own. And that's a very heavy thing to hear sometimes, but we're not our own. We don't get to decide on everything that we Want to do so as kingdom people? We fall under His rule and not ours. So, let's, What does John say about this? First John one seven. Remember, this is the disciple. Who he said, "He's the one that Jesus loved." Okay, I think that's humorous. I'm sorry if you love John the most out of all the other disciples, but I think that's a bit much to say. I'm sorry uh i don't relate to john as much he just looks like one of those like um you know really super like always christian always have it together his worship's beautiful every day it's just everything this prayer life is devotion nothing goes wrong he just i'm following more of the peter camp i'm allowed to say something i have to go back and oh my gosh i can't believe i did that you know that's where i've fallen so john i hate it but i don't you know i, I can't wait to have dinner with him in heaven i, I got questions i'm sorry Peter will be like, yo, I got you, man. I get you. But John, can we talk? Like, I got to understand this. So anyway, 1 John 1.7 says, But if we walk in the light as he himself is in the light, we have fellowship with one another, and the blood of Jesus, his son, cleanses us from all sin. So notice, we have fellowship with one another. And the, we have fellowship with Jesus. But, um, so the idea of fellowship and the idea of falling under the lordship of Jesus Christ is this idea of as a kingdom person, that I must be on the mission of what God's called me to. And what I mean is his mission, not mine. So number one, I'm going to give you a couple of things today just to write down or think about. Number one, you can and I'm going to say this, this is in your book, but I thought this was a very good statement. I just took it straight from the book, okay? You cannot be in a relationship with Jesus Christ and not, I know this is probably not grammatically correct. This is how they printed it. You cannot be in relationship with Jesus and not be on mission. If you say I'm a follower of Jesus Christ, if you say I am submitted to the lordship of Jesus, <clears throat> then as a son or daughter of the Most High, then I have to be submitted to His mission. I have to be. If 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 I am a person of faith, I'm a follower of Christ. I have to be submitted. And if you say to me, "Well, I just can't. I don't agree with that," I'm sorry you would be wrong. Because if you are a follower of Christ, then his mission should be at the forefront of our hearts and our minds. So, Jesus said, John 14, 15, If you love me, you'll what? Keep my... Does that mean you're perfect? No. But does it mean that we... Should keep his commandments, yes. And his mission is reaching people. So, and I always say this, it's either your neighbor or the nations, one of the two. Maybe you're not called to go eat bugs. That's fine. But, you know, your neighbor is nearby. So it's either your neighbor or the nations, but you're called to one of the two. Your neighbor could be the person you work with. I don't know. Could be your neighbor literally, you know, next door. I don't know. We got to know some of our neighbors. Well, my family didn't there, we've lost a goat. And so all the neighbors are like, you know, all of a sudden you get to know your neighbors really good. What are y'all doing in my yard? They're looking for a goat. <laughs> really? Yeah. And then everybody's got advice on how to find it. So if you find a goat out near our house, <laughs> holler at us, please. I didn't care so much about the goat until I found out how much it cost. And then I realized I need to find this goat. It's a priority now. <laughs> you have goat whistles, goat, any advice for me after church, let me know, okay? Uh, Anyway, so, but the Lord in Matthew 28 gives us the, the focus for his mission. And I'm going to read I'm going to put it on the screen for you. But you, you may or may not have heard this before. This is the last things that Jesus told his disciples. And he said this, Matthew 28, 18, He said, go, therefore, go into all the earth or all the world. Actually, he said all authority has been given unto me on heaven and on earth. Go, therefore, and make disciples of all the nations. Nations is not continents or countries. It's worth ethnos, ethnicity. It means make disciples of all people groups. Is what it means. So in our city, um, there's not a huge. Like, I, I don't. Maybe I've met one or two, but I, there's not a huge Russian population here. If you found a few, that's cool. Introduce me. But I hadn't found a whole lot. Um, not a massive. Um, like my brother Steve, they have had a large population group of Sudanese in Alaska when they did. They Church services in Sudanese. Hadn't really found that here. But you know what we do have here is the second largest ethnos group in our community is Latino or Hispanic. In case you didn't realize that, that's, that's the fact. That's statistical data that's a fact. I see you in the back. Yeah, ¿qué pasa? So, <laughs> yes, muy poquito espanol. Gracias. <laughs> and that was it. <laughs> i know a few more. But so for that reason, I think, so God uh, sent us a, a family through Victor, Pastor Victor and Amy Uscadigui, who pastor at Cornerstone and an Espanol. I can't reach that group. I can try, but I'm as, gr- as gringo as can be, and they know it. I'm not going to... And you can try to translate all you want, but I'm telling you, you cannot translate culture. You need real ethnos to ethnos to make disciples. You've got to be able to relate to them, or you, it's very difficult to make disciples. So you're either called to the nations or you're called to your neighbor, one of the two. Uh, lose a goat, or reach people that are unreached. Whatever you got to figure it out. It's, it's one of the two. So when Haley and I went, our friend who passed away, uh, she was Jamaican, and um, so this beautiful uh, memorial thing and service and all that kind of deal. And so when she first they first came here, uh, the, the thing we had connection with was the fact that we had been to Jamaica first missions trip. At least that I'd been on. I, can't I think it was the first one she'd been on as well, but at least international. And uh, so, Jamaica, you may think, oh, yeah, Jamaica, some missions trip. Let me just tell you, don't, don't judge me. <laughs> I'm going to take a page out of the culture today. Don't you judge me. You have no idea if you've not been. But um, I told her where we went, and she goes, Pastor Jody, I have no idea where that is. I said, did you live in Jamaica? Yes, but I did not live there. shes I don't know where you went. And she had to ask family and friends. Like, we were on the backside of, you ever the backside of the mountain? We were on the backside of the backside of that mountain. Like, I have no idea how to even find my way back there. But we went, I like to call it my first uh, missions trip, not knowing anything about what we were doing, not knowing how to help. But I used to, believe it or not, I used to work out and lift weights. And so uh, we had the guys, we were in there breaking out rocks with old rudiment-like tools that would break the handles. We'd have to stick new tree limbs into it to break the rock bed out so we could pour foundation for a school. And so we actually built the floor while we were there, the floor of the school. We had to take concrete from the bottom of a hill. When I say the bottom of a hill, I don't even, this is not, I need you to really understand how difficult this was. The bottom of the hill, like it wasn't Myrtle Hill, but it felt like it that bad, okay? It was at the bottom and we had one wheelbarrow. You mix the stuff at the bottom and you're bringing it all the way up to the top, dumping it into the school. Now, if you don't know think about pouring a floor, this thing was probably a thousand square foot floor. That took a long time. I was exhausted. The one thing though that was unique about it was this. Uh, we were on mission, not knowing what we were doing. But we were there to help and, and do the best that we could. I thought, man, we've made an impact. You know, and we did. It was great. It was a great thing. And, uh, you know, I loved every minute of it. Loved every minute of it. Well, almost every minute of it. <laughs> uh, I learned this. When you go on missions trips, take extra food if you can. Like stuff that's non-perishable, stick it in your coat pocket. Find places for food because you might not get as much there. Uh, we ate one meal a day. And... If you think, well, that's enough, uh, not, not when you're a going boy and you're just lifting weights and tearing out rocks all day. And, but we found out that that one meal was a massive sacrifice for them. Like we were eating probably what they would have consumed in a couple of days. We were eating in one meal. It was hard. It was difficult. I would say I learned a lot on that kind of thing. The second trip we went on is the one I like to say, actually, I learned how to do a missions trip. The first one was an experience. second one I learned. Our friends Carolyn and Tim Clark, uh, Carolyn took Haley and I and a group of us to Colombia in South America. And I mean, I remember hearing everybody tell us, oh, y'all are crazy. Don't you know that's a bunch of drug lords, there's cocaine and all that kind of stuff over there. And you know, it's funny when you do stuff. It's funny when you... Um, uh, how many times people will say you shouldn't do something uh, because of fear? And they have no idea what they're talking about. You know what I'm talking about? Like you say, oh, I'm going to start a business. Oh, my, my uncle, brother in law, something, he did that and he failed, flat on his face. I wouldn't do that. And they don't do anything. Why would you listen to them? Why go listen to a business guy who's actually done it? Then you got some good experience that you can learn from. But so she takes us over and, man, we're ready to go to Columbia. We're, we've got a, this massive box or, I think, Tupperware bin, right? Like a big Tupperware bin filled with uh, supplies. And the pastors' kids—they wanted their one request was this: craft macaroni and cheese. Now, y'all, listen—you know, you know, you are desperate when the request for stateside folk to come over is bringing boxes of craft macaroni and cheese. And we fly in, and we get delayed. Some other reasons—I tell you that another day. But when we fly, we had to fly to a different airport in Colombia, and not in, in Cartagena. We flew into a place called Barranquilla, and. Not a big deal, but we just weren't, our people weren't there to pick us up. It was a, they, it wasn't a planned exchange. You know what I'm saying? It was, it was, we didn't know the people there as well. We get there and I get off the plane. My experience is only Jamaican, man. That's all I got under my belt is Jamaican, some jerk chicken, some Rasta men, some Bob Marley. That's all I know, baby. What's up? You know, everything's out of you, mind. That's all I know about missions. I get over there and it got real, very quick. I mean, guys met us at the airport. They had M-16s. They don't have, at least they didn't have them before in in the ATL airport. They're all in camo M-16s and everything. And my first experience of realizing that your Americana doesn't mean diddly squat when you leave the states happened right there on the soil of uh, Barranquilla, Colombia. They say, we're going to take all your stuff, including your macaroni and cheese, for those kids. Well, I mean, listen, my... Americana just kicked in, and I'm like, hey, that's not cool. They can't do that. And Carolyn's like, "Uh, only as my Australian sister can do. Which meant, like, shut up, you know, very nicely. I was like, yeah, but no, no, no. She's like, we're, it's okay. It's okay. And she smiled the whole time at him. I was, like, boiling upset. We leave, and the lesson is that she talks like this. She says, you never... You just let it go. If it doesn't work, it doesn't work. Because they can refuse you entry. Your day could get a lot worse real quick. I realized, you know, hey, I'm not in Kansas anymore. You know what I'm saying? Like, this, this isn't. It got real very quick. That's just a couple of tastes, some things in missions. You know, I give you many, many more stories. But why would somebody like a Tim and a Carolyn do what they do? mandate of christ it's either nations or neighbors but it's one of the two you got to be called to one of the two you may not have to leave your city and that's fine some go and 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 and, and some stay that's okay like some you know some send people and some pray that's okay but you got to figure out which one is that you're called to because you're under the lordship of jesus christ you can't be in relationship with jesus and not be on mission so which one is it for you? It's got to be one of the two. Number two, you cannot be in relationship with Jesus and be out of fellowship with other believers. This is straight from your book. So when you read it this week, you're gonna, this is straight from your book. This is not my, uh, so if it's grammatically incorrect, it's not me. And There you go. You cannot be in relationship with Jesus and be out of fellowship with other believers. Now, the word fellowship, let me read this to you now. Is this word, it's a Greek word called koinonia. Maybe you've heard of this or not, I don't know. But it's koinonia, and it actually means intimate relationship. It's a very real, uh, very deep relationship. So I want you to think of a marriage relationship. Very intimate. The closest relationship, uh, hu- humanly speaking. It's very close. Now, with a believer, you- you- you're not going to be as close as a marriage relationship, <clears throat> but the idea is koinonia is true fellowship. And the idea of doing church in Christ's church without fellowship among the believers is a fallacy. It's not possible. It's not possible. You can't, you just can't do it. If you say to me, Well, I can't, I will say to you, I love you in Jesus' name, you're wrong. It's not possible. Well, I've been hurt, and we talked about this lesson, but it doesn't irrelevant of all that. I'm just saying you have to have. Close relationships. Now, this is what John said, First uh, John 1, 5. He says, this is the message, <clears throat> the rest of the verse that I gave you while I go, 1 John 1, 5. This is the message that we've heard from him and announced to you, that God is light, and in him there is no darkness at all. Verse 6, if we say that we have fellowship with him, and yet we walk in the darkness. In other words, let's evaluate the fruit. Just because they say they're Christian doesn't make them a Christian. I can say I'm a bird all day long, but that doesn't mean I'm going to jump off the building and fly. Just because people say there's something doesn't change what they are. But if we have fellowship with him, if it's true fellowship with him, and we walk in the darkness, then we lie, we don't practice the truth. Now, that's not Jody, that's John. Take that up with him later. (laughs) But if we walk in the light as he himself is in the light, then watch this, we have fellowship with, watch, one another. So it starts first, love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. Then love your neighbor as your what? Self. If if I can't love you, then i got to back up and go back to him because something's wrong here. If I have lost respect for you, if I can't love you, if I can't forgive you, if I can't have mercy for you, then it's not this is not the problem, it's this. Because if I love him, then I can love you. I may not agree with you. I don't have to agree with you. But I can love you because you're a part of my family. Are y'all with me right now? So the idea that says, well, you just don't know what they did to me, I don't need to know what they did to you. We all got what they did to me. You know, you want to bring them suitcases out and unpack all that laundry? No, we've all got that. That doesn't mean you got to have dinner with them, but it does mean, it does mean you have to release them and love them in Jesus' name. If you can't do that, I'm telling you right now today, it's not them that's the problem It's right here. Somehow this, there is, something's clogged the pipe. Because if I can't love him, he says, if I love him, if I fellowship with him, I walk in the light. But if I don't, then I'm in the darkness. And if I do love him, i got fellowship with one another. And and in church koinonia, relationships, it's very interesting. We all love that, don't we? Every time I tell you guys what we do as pastors in the city, we have a little network called the Churches of Rome. And our church is in it, and a number of other churches in town. I think there's probably 20 plus so of us now. Um And y'all love it when we say stuff like, hey, our youth groups are going to go together and they have youth camp together. And there was like 500 kids. You guys are like, ooh, that's so cool. Yeah, that's awesome. We should be working together. Yeah. And y'all love it. Like, it's so cool that we would do that as churches. That's what Jesus would do. Yeah. But the moment I tell you to work out your junk with somebody else, you don't know. Well, wait a minute. I thought it was cool. Because in church community it's a little bit easier, but in pastors I have very, I have about three pastors I have a very, very deep relationship with in town, very like the kind where if I was in trouble I called them they would be at my house just like that. I've been there for them they would be there just like that, very close. I have probably five that uh, I would say they are they're close, but it's not as it's not like that. But they're still very, very close. And then I have probably 10 or 15 that, that were good friends. Now, this comes from time and investment, but it took a number of years for us to get to that point where we actually were that kind of relationship together as pastors and as friends. I mean, we borrowed their gear. They borrowed our gear. We have a church right now that's looking for some help, and we're trying to see, can we help them out with it? Because that's what you do in the kingdom. And we all applaud that. We love that. But when it comes to us as believers, that's, I'm, y'all look at me this morning, that's cool. You look at me like you holy and you got your junk together and I love you, but I'm just telling you I've been doing this long enough to know that's where the hard part is. It's easy to say, yeah, churches work together, but it's different when you got to deal with your neighbor. And you want me to do what? Yeah. Yeah, we do. So, what does it look like as a believer? Let me give a couple of thoughts on this, okay? If we're going to have real koinonia real fellowship if we have it with jesus we got to have it with each other so let's look at a couple of thoughts real quick okay number one it's got to be a real relationship you cannot have koinonia with somebody in the church if it's not a real relationship it can't be superficial can't be sunday morning hi how you doing that's not a relationship that's a hello how you doing i do that to people at walmart when I go through and get my groceries, you know, instead of everybody stressed out, getting mad at the self checkout, why don't we have anybody to check us out anymore? Ah like, instead of just going crazy like everybody else, I try to say hello to somebody. Because you know what? I figured they might, if I had to hear that all day like I'd be I'd be ready to throw your pineapple back at your head. I would be going crazy listening to all that all day long. So I try to say, hey, how are you doing? It's amazing how they go out, Huh? Yeah, how are you? Oh, okay. They're waiting for it, you know? Oh, good, good. Have a great day. People are just thrown off by that, but that's not real. That's hello. Real relationship is deep. So let me read this from Acts real quick. I'm gonna read you a couple of thoughts on this. Acts 2.44. Maybe you've heard this uh, verse of scripture. But in Acts 2.44, this is after Pentecost had happened, all the believers were there. It says, They all, <laughs> all those were believers, Acts 2.44, who had believed they were together. They were Uh, close together had close relationship real relationship and they had all things in common and they began selling their property and possessions and were sharing them with all as anyone might have need and i'm gonna tell you something first of all if you're selling your house and your necklaces and whatever else you got and you're giving it to the people in your church that's a real relationship am i wrong or right that's not hello how are you (laughs) good to see you sunday You're not selling your house for that joker? I don't know of anybody that does that. This was a, number one, this was a very close, very real relationship. It says day by day, verse 46, they were continuing with one mind at the temple and breaking bread from house to house, and they were taking their meals together with gladness and sincerity of heart. Now this is twofold, very close relationship, but number two, they were also, uh, this was a Holy Spirit-led moment. You remember when Jesus said, hey, listen, if you see these things coming, run, flee, get out of here. A lot of people take that, and I I don't have time to get into this end time stuff. But very much so, as he's telling them, when you see these things start to happen, get out. He was referring to the destruction of Jerusalem by the Romans in 70 AD. This happened. What good is your property when Rome takes over everything? So they sold it all, and they gave it, and distributed it among people, and they left. It was a Holy Spirit-led thing. Very much heavily led by the church. And sometimes we read these things and we think, well, because that's a real relationship, then I have to give away everything in order for it to be a real relationship. That doesn't make it a real relationship. You should have a relationship before you're generous. Just being generous to someone, if you don't know them, that doesn't make a relationship. You can give a lot of stuff to a lot of people. That don't mean they're going to like you. If you don't believe that's true, just look in our nation right now. You can't give people enough. They still want more. Demand it. I deserve all this. Well, why do you, why do you deserve it? You didn't work for it. Everybody thinks it's owed to them. You can't give enough to make people have a relationship with you. The interesting thing about this, and you want to know what a real relationship is, listen, if you ever have one of those calls that come to your phone and they say, uh, Hello, uh, I'm looking for Mr. Uh, Jerry Haggerty. Uh-huh, yeah, don't know him. No, no, I have his number right here. this is, is this not Mr. Jerry, Mr. Jerry Haggerty? Uh, no, this is Jody Haggerty. Oh, oh yeah, Jody, Jody. Hey, listen, how, no, you don't know me. Click. I just want to see how far you go with this. They call you acting like they know you. They don't know you. If you can't pronounce my name, you don't know me. A real relationship is deep. It's not superficial. It's not a phone call. It's not, hi, how are you doing at church? But the thing about this real relationship is, though, I want to say this before I move on from this, this part, is sometimes people think that, well, to follow Jesus... I've got to give away everything like these people did, and that makes me a true follower of Christ. Well, you need to be led of the Holy Spirit in whatever you do in that area. But I'm going to just give you some thoughts that I think so many people they struggle with when it comes to relationship and when it comes to helping people. Sometimes people feel like this. They, we feel like we should just help people without investigation as to what they need. Well, because they said they need it, we must need to help them. Because I'm more a Christian after all. You know. You feel guilty because you didn't help the last person. So now you're going to help this person. You want to help them. But you don't have anything extra. But you do help them anyway. And now your family goes without. Or how about this when You're in need. But you feel since other people are in greater need. You don't ever ask. Those are all indicative of a very superficial relationship. If it's a very real relationship as a believer, if you're in need, you should feel comfortable enough to talk to someone and say, hey, I, I need some help. Because that's what, that's what a church family's for. And we may not be able to help in the greatest way possible, but we'll do whatever we can. But so many times we walk by every little thing out there and everybody's in need. Every time I go to the store, and I know this is... I know it's a tense conversation. I get it. I'll move on in a second. It's, very, it's that tension of this whole thing I'm about to say. Every time I go to the checkout, it's, do you want to round up for the next thing? Do you want to give to this? Do you want to give to that? Everybody's got a thing now. Everybody's got a, an option to do. And I have to stop and go, no. No. Because you know what? If I feel like the Lord wants me to do it, I'll go back later and do it. I don't have to do it right this minute under the pressure of right now. So no, 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 no. And as the Holy Spirit leads, I will go, go, go. But right now, I'm not giving out of compulsion or every other thing that's going on right now. So you say, well, man, how can you feel that way? Because I don't know them. If it's a real relationship, it's a different story. Man, I'll give you the shirt off my back. But I've literally had people show up and just ask for stuff, and we check on it and see if the the story is true. And they get mad at us. But I thought you needed help. Well, how dare you call and check references? Well, why wouldn't we? It's the Lord's money. Why wouldn't I before I just give it away? Well, I thought this was a church. And there, and automatically right now we've located you. Well, you're supposed to be a Christian. Well, hold on, Jack. Don't misunderstand my Christianity and my faith because I don't yield to what you are demanding right now. That doesn't, I'm still a believer. Paul didn't give in to everything that everyone said to him. As a Christian, this idea, and it's the most misunderstood statement, I think, in Scripture. is this, well, you got to walk in love. Man, listen, I understand what Ephesians says. Walk in love and not in guilt. It doesn't say walk in guilt as a Christian. Well, I feel bad, so I better do something. That's not biblical. You're not supposed to do stuff out of compulsion, out of fear. You're supposed to be led of the Holy Spirit and, and do what you do. Yes. But this idea as a Christian that well, I thought you was a Christian. The moment someone says that to me right now, I love them, but I I'm done. Because you're trying to guilt trip me into helping you now. I know it's not popular. I know it. I know it's, it is okay. It, it's all right. Because I'm going to go home and I'm going to take a nap after this. And I'm going to be just fine. You missed a sandwich? I'm going to love you. And hopefully it will help you. But I'm telling you, if you walk around as a believer feeling guilty because you can't help everybody, I'm sorry. That's not the way that we're supposed to live. You're not supposed to walk in guilt and fear and worry about what everybody thinks of you. Well, if you was a Christian, you really would. Well, no, if you weren't so manipulative, you wouldn't talk to me like that. Y'all understand what I'm saying? But people think it's like they have this view of Christianity, like it's kind, sweet Jesus with blue eyes in the picture that he looks at you like this. And every time you walk in the room, it changes. And they think that's Jesus. They have this side of Jesus that he would never confront, he would never say anything, he would never do anything that would upset the apple cart. I'm telling you right now, when we were in Scotland, we took our kids to a church that they had turned into a market, and my oldest said, If Jesus was here, he would turn all the tables over right now. I was like, Let's go, we need to get out, because I don't know what you're thinking, but we're out of here. Like I don't <laughs> want to get arrested in Scotland. We're not Jesus. This is not my get out. But he would have. And he did. Your Lord, kind, sweet, blue-eyed Jesus, took the time to make a whip, picked it up, took the time, and then when he did it, good, it don't ring, he took the time. You think he just thought about it a while? Before I do this. Maybe they'll change. Maybe he wrapped it up. I don't know what he did. I don't know what kind of whip he had. But he went off in the church. So, I bet people are like, whoa. You know, all the disciples thought, man. We had a good thing going. You just ruined everything. Now, great Jesus. That's all over, like, Instagram and Facebook. Now, everybody's watching it live right now. They're streaming it. Thanks a lot, Jesus. You know? But he did it. And a lot of people would have said, as they did, the Pharisees and others, who do you think you are? And I'm saying to you, as a, in a relationship with people, if it's real, it should be reciprocal. It ought to be, if I can't help you, it ought to be enough love and respect for me to say, hey, no problem, man, I'll pray for you. Thank you. Wouldn't that be nice? Instead of the guilt of, well, I thought y'all was a Christian group. Well, we are a Christian group. <laughs> you know, why don't you join the group? Like, you know. So, a real relationship doesn't walk in guilt with people. It's a reciprocal. It's in love. It's in fellowship. Real koinonia. It also has real love. Now, in 1 John chapter 3, and verse 14... Listen to what John says. He's obviously the guy. He knows a lot about love. He said that he's the one Jesus loved. So he, I guess, he's an expert on all this. But he says we know this is First John three fourteen. We know that we have passed out of death into life because, watch this. We love the brethren and the sisterin. But you understand what he's saying. He who does not love abides in death. Now I just told you it's not guilt. If you're walking in guilt, that's not love. A great definition one of our uh, instructors gave us at one time. He said, true biblical love in its greatest context would be this. Love does what is best for the individual at that time. So it means, like, y'all heard me tell stories about my dad, different things like that. But it was really hard the last couple years of his life. You know, uh, Haley and I, we were helping, helped him get some stuff settled. Now, we didn't give him money. Because I knew what he'd do with it. But he'd ask for it all the time. Hey, man, hey, man, you know, uh, can I get $20? No. Well, man, I mean, I really need some, I need some, some little, (laughs) he loved Little Debbie's and Coca-Cola's. Wondered why he had issues. But, um, that wasn't the only reason. But anyway, it was (laughs) Little Debbie's and Coca-Cola's, and I was like, hey, listen, I'll buy you some Little Debbie's and Coca-Cola's. Okay? I'll do that, I'll buy you food, but I'm not going to give you money. And, oh, man, he didn't like it. Now it's hard when you got your own parent upset with you because you won't give them something. It's like, you know, which one's the parent or the kid? Which relationship are you in, you feel like, you know? But I learned a long time ago, you don't just give somebody something because they ask for it. If you give the wrong person the wrong thing, it will hurt them worse. Can I get an Amen? Right? It's true. That's true. So you gotta figure out what's the best for the person at the time. Maybe it is money, but at the time, maybe it's not. But he says, everyone who hates his brother is a murderer. Jesus said this, uh, it is said unto you that if you murder, obviously it's wrong in the law of Moses. He said, I say unto you, if you hate someone in your heart, you've already committed murder. So now as a believer right now, just do a gut check. I didn't say you had to agree with them on everything. I didn't say you had to vote like them. I didn't say you had to be persuaded by their belief systems or philosophy. I'm just saying, do you love them or do you hate them? Because if they're a follower of Christ and you hate them, that has to be adjusted today. He says this, no murderer has eternal life abiding in him. We know, love, by this, that he laid down his life for us and we ought to lay down our lives for the brethren. Notice the key words here are, it's the family of God. Now, I don't have time getting all this, but the relationships we talk about in Koinonia, they deal with real biblical family of God relationships. There are some people, you got to understand this. Uh, it, like I said, Ava and I had plenty of time to talk. I have the greatest respect for uh, people who have this super huge compassionate heart for, for everybody. I think it's great. I think it can hurt you, but I think it's great. I mean, I admire you. Um, maybe I'm jaded a little bit. I don't know, but I'm sorry. I, I'm, I, I, like, I need a little time to see if they're who they say they are. Um, you get burned long enough, you start learning, but <clears throat> it's true. God loves the world. God loves the whole world. He sure does. For God so loved the world that he gave what his only son for the world. Even we we were yet sinners. God, Jesus died for us. God loved us. So he sent Jesus Christ, his son. He absolutely. He did. You got to be careful though, as, as a Christian, how you interpret some of this love stuff. Because I'm not so sure on this love in the world, like so many Christians like to talk about it, is is as accurate as what we think it is. God's called to love the world. He sent Jesus. I'm called to love the brother and the sister and <laughs> the family of God. I'm having, How can Christ and Baal both walk together? How is it possible that, is it possible that you can be yoked together unequally? Even the Paul says that's not possible. How can two have agreement lest they walk together, Ecclesiastes? Y'all get where I'm going, right? I can, I can honor you, I can respect you, and I can show uh, re- reverence to you in a sense like the Bible says in 1 Peter 2.17. Look, honor all people, but watch this. Love the brotherhood. There is a difference, and I know I, I'm, y'all may not like this, but I'm gonna say it anyway. There is a difference between the two those of the faith and those that are not. Now, in our faith, we're called to go and reach the people who are not. That's how we show our love. We go and we make disciples. In other faiths, um, it's a different story. But in Christianity, we're supposed to respect and honor, very clear by Scripture. But somewhere, if you think that koinonia is the same for somebody who is ungodly and hates Jesus, and they deserve the same kind of love as your brother or sister in Christ, there's something wrong there. And this is why I think there's such a bit of a confusion today, is because we think... As I said last week, in order to reach them, we've got to accept it. No, you don't. There's nothing about Scripture that says, accept these behaviors, lifestyles, et etc. Cetera, et cetera. I go to far extreme to be kind of silly. But, you know, the, God will forgive the axe murderer But I'm just sorry, if he's going to stay an axe murderer, he's not going to come to my house as a small group. I don't know what he's going to do to my small group. You understand? He's an axe murderer. I know it sounds silly, but when you put someone that is not of the faith in the same relationship as someone who is, there's something not right there. This is why we have such a hard time with this, because we think this is being mean. It's not being mean. It's not being mean. Jesus said this, that, um, or John tells us this, but he's the Lord, no man can say that Jesus is Lord but by the Spirit of God. If they're a Christian, they should be able to confess and profess that Jesus is Lord, not, not God-blessed stuff. No, is Jesus really Lord of your life? Y'all with me? I'm, 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 I'm going to move on, but I just want to make sure you're with me. I, I, great respect for people honor everybody absolutely respect for every human life t- should be respected all of them everybody and I mean everybody born or unborn all but if you ask me to have koinonia with someone that's what the Bible tells me there has to be some faith involved there has to be christianity otherwise you're going to get your heart broken because until someone comes to the faith and knowledge of jesus christ they have no capacity to understand love they don't know what love is i can't believe you would say that it's true before i knew jesus i thought i understood what love was man i love milkshakes I love cheeseburgers. I love Jesus. Really? Which one do you love more? Oh, well, Jesus, of course. But you love milkshakes and you love cheeseburgers and you love Jesus. No, true love is this. That a man would lay down his life for a friend. Now, that's a different kind of love right there. And that love is reserved for the faith, people in the family of God. (laughs) Ultimately... We love one another, as he uh, commanded us to do. So, and let me just say this. Hate is so easy to spot in crimes. Hate crimes, hate speech, and all that kind of stuff. That is so easy to see when it's verbal. But it's hard to know what's in here. Like right now, y'all looking at me so nice, and you're probably like, okay, you about done, because Jack, I'm ready to get out of here. That's cool. I'm almost done. And I ain't doing it five times. I really am but I don't know what's going on in your heart right now. I have no idea. I can't tell you by looking at you right now, I have no idea what's in here. And no one does beside you either. Not even the closest relationship you have, and if you're married, your own spouse doesn't know right now what's in here. The only person that knows is him. And I want to tell you this. This is why this is important. I didn't say you had to go out there and do everything that everybody in the world wants you to do so they'll love you. That's not what I'm saying. But I'm saying if it's a Christian brother or sister, there ought to be love for one another. <clears throat> and if, it's, um, if there's something not right, you've got to make it right. to the best you can. Paul said, look, man, as far as it is with you, live at peace among all people. Go as far as you can with it. Like I said, you may not agree with them on their politics, you may not agree with them in whatever, but you do your part, and and because I'm telling you, God won't talk to you until you get it right. Why would He talk to us if we can't talk to each other? You know, so. And the last thing I'm gonna tell you this is this, this real opportunities thing, and uh, I'm gonna show you something kind of funny. But I think it'll drive the point home. You gotta have a real relationship with people first of all, and it's gotta be based on real, I mean real love. <clears throat> And then you're going to get real opportunities to deal with it. And what I mean by that is, this is in Acts 15, real quick, let me read Acts 15:36. It says, After some days Paul said to Barnabas, Let us return and visit the brethren in every city in which we proclaim the word of the Lord and see how they're doing. So Barnabas wanted to take John, called Mark, along with him also. But Paul kept insisting that they should not take him along who had deserted them in Pamphylia and had not gone with them to the work. And there occurred such a, watch this, sharp disagreement that they separated from each other. And Barnabas took Mark with him and sailed away to Cyprus. But Paul chose Silas and left being committed by the brethren to the grace of the Lord. They decided they didn't get along so good. They went separate ways. Now, before you think like, well, man, that, see, man, people just, you know. It was a sharp disagreement, the Bible says. Sharp. But later on, for the sake of the gospel, they worked it out. Look at look at what Second Timothy four eleven says. Paul says, Only Luke is with me. I want you to pick up Mark and bring him with you. Mark? That's a guy he didn't like. He canceled him, took him off his like social media feed. I don't like you anymore. He took him off. He must have put him back on. Call Mark up. What have you been doing with Mark? Call him up. For he is useful for, useful to me for service. They worked out their differences enough where they said, You know what, we can do ministry together. I may not agree with you on your style or how you do it or how you part your hair or whatever, but we can, for the cause of Christ, we can do this. And they worked out to the best of their ability. You get real opportunities in life as a believer to deal with each other. And I'm saying, I think it's because God does it because of this reason right here. You want to really find out how much he loves you, wait till you have to love each other. You know, people say when you have kids, you really find out how, you know, your kids have no idea how much you love them. That's true. But you do realize maybe an inkling of how much your parents love you. You realize that that's a deep, deep love. But for all of us, God calls us to fellowship with each other. And much of what we believe about the Lord, it's, it really is like a two-sided coin. There's both truth and grace. Um, and it's not always one or the other. Sometimes it's both. Sometimes it's one, sometimes the other. But God gives you opportunities, I think, to work out things. Sometimes work it out in your own life. I mean, I thank God. Look, you know, my relationship with my dad at the end, it it was better than any other time. I'll say that. But there was still great conflict. But he knew I loved him, and I know he loves me. But it was was still conflict. You You understand what I'm saying, right? Like, I mean, I finally had to tell him one time, listen... You have to understand his uh, terminology. Uh, I'm not going to repeat that here. But his use of words were very uh, clear and uh, very uh, uh, very great. Sometimes <laughs> more than one or two. And um, he would get so frustrated because wouldn't give him money. And I said, well, you are a grown man. You ought to be able to take care of your own business. Well, that's right. I made groan and he used a couple of choice words there, man. I should be able to. Take it. That's right, you should. We laughed about it and had kind of fun about it, but still, he knew I loved him. I knew he loved me, but it didn't mean we agreed hundred percent either. Are y'all with me? Yes. Okay. Sometimes you're going to be given opportunities, so I, I, I thought I'd show you this. Um, this is an old clip that from an older movie that is one of my favorite movies, and um, and then I'm, I'm, we're going to pray uh, for you as we leave. But this is a clip from, uh, it's a movie <clears throat> that is called Evan Almighty, and I don't know if you've seen it in a while or not. It's an older movie, I know, but um, funny, funny movie, one of my favorites, and in the thing it's where this family, this this mom, she's prayed cause, her husband's a politician now, they had great stress in her family, it's just, he's never there, he's always busy, blah, 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 and so her prayer is basically like, I just want us to be close together as a family, right? And so God comes down, <laughs> that's Morgan Freeman, that's hilarious, but... He tells Evan, I want you to build me an ark in a subdivision. What? And so now they're so upset. They're at a cafe. She's going to stay with her mom, with the kids. And so God shows up at the diner. And so take a look at this, and then I'll, we're going to pray. So it's a great little clip <clears throat> and about opportunities. So my question this morning is this. Before I pray for you, what are the opportunities that are around you right now? Because in a relationship, you get real opportunities to work through stuff. And unfortunately, it's oftentimes just, well, slide it under the rug, don't talk about it, hide it, whatever. It depends on your family dynamics. I don't know what you have. But you get real opportunity. And if we're going to be on mission with what God's asked us to do, either the nations or our neighbors, we've got to first start here. You start with your own Christian relationship. Because how will you convince your neighbor of Christ if you have ought against your brother? How about this one? How are you going to convince your neighbor of Christ if you have aught against your spouse? Holding something against your spouse that really is petty. And I love you in Jesus' name to tell you the truth, it's silly. You know. You know. Life is, is a short thing. And if the last couple of years, if, if there's anything that I have watched and been, become aware of, <clears throat> it is um, the tension of faith uh, in Christ Things don't always roll out the way that you pray for or ask for or thought they would. I don't know how you want to determine your explanation of that. <clears throat> I pray we believe and trust God. As a matter of fact, I'm going to ask our uh, prayer team uh, to come up here in a moment and pray for, be available to pray for whatever we ask the Lord. He tells us to. But I also want to make it clear that <clears throat> there's no... Uh, the the scripture that teaches there is no guarantee of tomorrow, you're you're not promised tomorrow. There's nothing in here that you can, uh, you know, land on, hold on to in faith and say, no, uh, God has me and I will. No, you can't. James says, uh, You ought to say, if you're going to do something, we're going to set out to do this as the Lord directs. If it's the Lord's will and desire, I'm going to go here, we're going to do this and do this and do that. Don't declare that I'm going to do it and it's going to happen. Um, Be aware of the... that life is fragile. You're not guaranteed tomorrow. And so I'm saying that not to the mood down, I'm saying it because you have opportunities that come across your path, and can I just say, if it starts with him, and this one's right, and what I just simply means is, if you're a Christian this morning, you've said, "If man believes in his heart, confesses with mouth, Jesus Lord, he shall be saved. You're a believer. But this one right here, and starting with the first, most important, next relationship, the human relationship of your life, if you're married, is your spouse if you have an ought against them right now, I I plead with you to just let it go. There's just, just, it's not going to help. And um, you're not going to gain anything by holding it over their head. And um, why not just let it go? why not? Well, we've tried. You don't know how difficult it is. (laughs) I'm married too, you know. Like, I mean, I have a great spouse, but, you know, I got the better end of that deal. She got a work in progress, okay? I'm still a work in progress. I can assure you, out of the apologies that go forth between the two of us... (laughs) Okay, it's nine to one. Okay, it's it's ridiculous. It drives me crazy, okay? It drives me crazy because I'm like, you know, I'm just, you know, I wish you just made a few more mistakes. (laughs) Just a few would be nice. But I'm smart enough to realize that, you know, as a pastor, you'll listen to your physician, you know, when they tell you, hey, look, you got to change this or do that you 'll listen to your financial advisor when they tell you, "Hey, listen, you need to plan for this and you need to plan for that." but when it comes to these kind of things, I wish that humans would hear the weight of what we say in this area as much. please get your your relationship with your spouse right if there's any just please today, second of all, a brother or a sister in the lord, if there's any all you may not fix it you don 't have to live with them you can, you know, you, you can forgive and let it go and move on. You do have to live with your spouse. You've got to get that right, 100%. With a neighbor, a believer, we may agree to disagree and just say, hey, I love you in Jesus' name. It's okay. We're going to do our own thing, okay? I'm not going to hold this over your head, though, either way. Y'all see the difference, right? But let it go. It's just not worth it. Life's too short. So as I close out today, I want to pray for you, and I'm going to give you this opportunity right now. Because I don't know who you are, but I just, if we're going to be kingdom people, let's start being kingdom people. Before we talk about reaching nations or our neighbors, let's start in our own home first. Maybe it's a kid. You're so mad at them right now. You came to church this morning just to be like, I'm going to pray for them. Get their stuff right. Can I just encourage you? Your opportunity might have been for you and not your kid to be here this morning. Maybe God wants to get your stuff right. So would you close your eyes and bow your heads for me just for a moment? Let me let me pray for you. Dear Lord Jesus, I thank you for this moment. Uh, God, I feel like you've given us opportunities <clears throat> as we're here. Opportunities to um, just come before you and say, uh, Lord, as your children, uh, we have, all of us have some sort of issues. And... And things we're trying to just follow out, Lord. We're doing the best we can to walk and follow after you and try to live a life that is um, pleasing to you, Lord. So, God, first of all, for the believers that are in this room and watching online, I just pray right now in Jesus' name for those that are here that they have a spouse and they're in disagreement with and they need to make it right today. I just pray in Jesus' name you give them the strength and the grace to do that, to be bold, to talk to them, to have the conversation and and to work it out. And God, I pray that you would help them to release whatever it is. No matter the hurt, I just pray you'd help them, Lord. Help them let that go. Help them to just forgive and release. In Jesus' name. And I pray, Lord, that there's others that are here. They have friendships. They have relationships with people. Maybe in this room. Maybe out of state. Maybe somewhere else. But they have offenses of some kind and and just haven't moved on. I pray in Jesus' name, would you give them the strength today to make it right to move on? <clears throat> because you said that we have moved from death to life. We walk in the light as you're in the light. We have love for one another. I ought to have a Christian fellowship relationship. I pray you'd help them today. And most importantly, Lord, if there's anybody here that doesn't know you, I pray today that they would Yield their lives to you. So, with your eyes closed, no one's looking around. If you're in the room or you're watching online, you don't know Jesus Christ. You've never prayed to accept Jesus. And you want to. This whole church is going to pray with you right now. We're going to pray together. And if that's you, I want you to pray with us. Scripture says that if a person believes in their heart and confesses with their mouth that Jesus is Lord, they shall be saved. So, right now, would you pray this with me and with this church together? Just say, Dear Jesus, <clears throat> I come to you today, and I give you my heart, I give you my life, I surrender it all, and I ask you to forgive me, and to cleanse me of all unrighteousness. Dear Jesus, help me to live for you, help me to walk with you, and help me to love another. In Jesus' name. Amen, and amen, and amen. Man, if you prayed that prayer, we're so proud of you. Right, church, would you give him a hand? So proud of you. Like, if you prayed that prayer, would you go to connect.cornerstonerealm.com? Let us know. We want to help you get started walking with with God. Or if you're in the seat seat back in front of you, you can take one of those cards, fill it out, and drop it in an offering box on your way out the door. We just love to help you get started walking with uh, Christ. So I want to encourage you today in those things that we talked about. Um, Deal with it, right? Come on, be a strong believer. Deal with it. Don't let the enemy have a foothold, right? Kick him out of that door. All he needs is his little pinky toe in the door. And that's what he needs. Man, just kick him out and don't let him in. So, hey, we're going to turn this over to Pastor Stephen Daniel now. He's going to close out today. And so would y'all welcome him to the platform this morning?
0: Uh, hey, everybody. Uh, before we close out, um, you know, everybody had... We all have those important, impactful seasons in our life, and we want to recognize one of those people today. Today was the day we actually set out to recognize our graduates from high school and college, but unfortunately our high school students decided that this will skip Sunday, <laughs> and so none of them showed up. Like, we have like five or six, and zero are here. But... Our college students some are more. Some of had a good reason, though, right? <laughs> yeah. I mean, some of them had legit No, reasons. they didn't. Uh, <laughs> but our college students, they are more uh, dedicated and determined. So we want to recognize Andrea Davis to the stage. As Andrea comes up, we want you guys to know that Andrea has been in college for the past 12 years, um, and she's only graduating with her associates. It took her that long. No, on more serious note, this is Andrea Davis. We're going to let her, because you guys know her, we're going to let her tell you what she's doing and how she's graduated and what's her plan after
1: graduation. Are you going to eat bugs?
0: What?
1: Are you going to eat bugs? Going to eat. You gonna eat bugs? You gonna tell? You going overseas somewhere? What are you doing? Oh my gosh, no! Step up. <laughs> um, so I'm graduating from Shorter with um, a middle grades
0: education in science and English. Um, I'm actually moving to Huntsville, Alabama, to teach at a brand new school, um, brand new middle school. I'll be teaching science and I'll be the head volleyball coach. Woo! Woo! You didn't tell them you were going to Journey. Journey, journey Middle School in Huntsville, oh, Alabama. Fish. that's cool. She's just a small-town girl going to... You got to... No, my journey... Never mind. You had to pick it up. You had to... You didn't pick it up. Some of you no, guys didn't. they did I
1: guarantee you, they did. They did.
0: <laughs> there you go. Uh... <laughs> and one of the things we like to do is give our, our graduates uh, a gift. And this gift is actually a Experiencing God Bible, um, which is... Nice. If you don't have a... This is an awesome book. I don't have one. I'm thinking about stealing hers. Um, but... <laughs> Is Experiencing God Bible, we're going to tell you, congratulations. We know yes. it's been a long time coming. <laughs> and as you guys heard, she will be transitioning from Cornerstone, Rome, Georgia, to Huntsville, Alabama, which means she will shortly not be with us anymore, which means she's dead to us. <laughs> That's what, I mean, <laughs> just call it what it is. No, but we do love and appreciate all that you have done, Andrea, over these years, since she was a little baby, I take it. She's been on this worship team and a part of this church. Uh, so it's like Pastor Jody is losing the, one of his own daughters.
1: Mm. Don't start. <laughs> oh, gosh. I got to get out of here. We got to pray <clears> for her. Don't <throat> go, no, no, no. We got to huh? pray for her first. We got to oh, pray for man. her. Oh, man. Who's here today? Everybody's out of town. Ronnie, you come up here with us. And Haley, let's pray over here real quick. I can't see. The other one's out. I think Gary's still Gary's back. Our friend, uh, they're they're still in, in North Carolina. So. You keep in the, the rest mind. of them are working today, so we 'll bring these guys up <clears throat> pray for them hey, so yeah, so this this rascal, yeah, so when Haley and I got married, uh, she was in our uh, our wedding she was the whatever the thing is she 's a flower girl, so she on the flowers and all and uh, it was so cute, and then she like went all crazy on us and like she's, why couldn 't she go with us we 're going to <laughs> I don't know if she just wanted to go with us or because she heard we was going to Disney for a honeymoon. And so she was like begging to go. She was literally four or three. <clears throat> yeah, so I've known her for a long time. She's been a part of our family for a long time. So um, anyway, we tried to get her to uh, commit to be uh, Bulldog Nation, but that Alabama thing is, ugh. <laughs> So we're going to pray for her. And so would you all just do me a favor? Will you stand to your feet? Hey, stretch your hands out this way as we pray for her, she'll be here for the next couple of Sundays, um, but then you get a chance to come talk to her today, and so this worked out actually okay, I think, and um, y'all love on her, tell how much you love her, and uh, she'll be back and forth some, it's only two hours away, it's not like, you know, or we'll go get her, one of the two, one of the two, you know, so, but let's pray for her right now, would you stretch your hands this way? Dear Lord Jesus, I thank you so much for, um, for our daughter and the Lord here that has served you since, goodness, for so long, Lord, and I thank you for, uh, for her heart, for worship, and for her heart to serve you, and that, God, this next season of life that you have for her, Lord, it's been, um, it's been coming, God, I think we all knew it, and it's, it's, it's okay, we're good with it, God, because we know it's in, in your plan, and your will, God, uh, we have our own emotions that we're going to deal with, but Lord, I just thank you that she's following you, more importantly than anything else, God, we can deal with our stuff, but I thank you that she is following the Holy Spirit. And God, I thank you for preparing a place for her, directing her paths in this school system. I thank you she'll be a light in those hallways, that those kids will see Jesus all over her, and Lord, that she gets opportunity to lead co-workers and others to Christ. And I just thank you, Lord, that you'll use her influence mightily in athletics, and uh, God, that, that many of those uh, girls that'll be there, when they have questions, Lord, I just thank you that, God, you have prepared her She has had time and season of ministry and preparation. And, Lord, you are going to use her mightily for your kingdom and for your glory, Lord. I thank you for that, God. May you, God, use her mightily. God, may you watch over her, keep her safe. And, God, may uh, your name be glorified in all that she does. In Jesus' name, amen.
0: Amen, amen, amen. Come on, give her a hand, would you? Love you, baby. Congratulations. Congratulations. Am I done now? Yeah, you're done now. Thank you. Thank you. Thank That's you. Set me up with all. All that. right. So as you guys are remain standing, I just want to tell you guys this really quickly. I just want to remind you that this Saturday, tell your neighbor this Saturday. You said that with no excitement whatsoever. You're like, I just want my cheeseburger in my body. All right. So this Saturday is our community yard sale. And I just want to let you guys know, remind you once again, why we're putting this on. It's a dual purpose. Yes, we are raising money to send help to send our youth To youth camp, which is amazing. So you can rent a table and come sell your stuff. Clean out your house, come here, rent a table, sell your stuff. At the same time, another dual purpose is we want to reach our community. So we need as many as church members as here mingling with people, talking to people, because we're on the we're these are our neighborhood. This is our background. We want to get to know them. If you have stuff to sell, you like you got stuff. I can't I can't be there, but I have stuff stuff to sell. This is actually not that kind of a community yard sale. So I know you guys can communicate with Pearl. You can communicate with Ms. Fonda. If someone else has a table, they want to do it for you. But the church will not have that type of table where we can bring, take your stuff and sell it for you. I apologize. This is not that kind of event. Um, we will have other things for kids. We will be selling food and all that good stuff. But this is really for us to get to know our neighbors. Finally, I just want to remind you guys, there's always ways to give. There's a million thousand different ways to give here at Cornerstone. They'll have a list of them on the board. And I want to call our prayer partners down here as that list goes up. And I want to say this prayer over you as we do every week as you leave out of these doors. We, as found in the book of Numbers, chapter 6, we say that may the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. May the Lord give you his countenance and his peace. Have a great rest of your week. See you guys later. If today's message blessed you, we want to encourage you to take a moment and share this podcast with a friend. Remember, there's one hope for every heart, and that's Jesus. See you next time.